wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Hey, good morning. Welcome, everyone. Sorry to be a little bit late. That's me over here putting some finishing touches on a few of the materials. Yeah. But we got an important conversation lined up for today. And uh, um, you've really been having some rich conversations lately, uh, Michelle. Uh, by the way, you should explain your, your whereabouts. Yeah, I am not in um, the studio at home. I'm in Pendleton, Oregon. Anybody hmm. that's ever been there, please chime in. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's a road trip stop um, in the... Uh, just the other side of the border from Washington in, in Eastern Washington. So um, joining you from there, I'm, I'm on a road trip with my mom and my brother to a funeral from an old family friend. So um, we've lots of giggling and that kind of stuff. So I'm like enjoying the outside. It's beautiful out here and thought I'd find a place that was quiet. Yeah. I heard a little <laughs> snag in the stream there. So your internet might be a little spotty, but, um, but overall it's pretty good. And so um, glad you could uh, join me for, what's turned out to be a, a really important conversation. A couple of quick updates. I want to make sure folks know uh, we've got some uh, topics lined up for the next couple of White Hat Wednesdays. We've got, um, let me make sure we've got Russell Moore coming up next week on a really important topic about how to communicate with your lenders and, and that whole thing about communication between uh, a consumer and a dealer and consumer and the same kind of conversation between a dealer and their their lender or partner. So, uh, you know, it's all kind of, um, you know, tied together. And then the week after that on Wednesday, we've got, um, Seth Merrifield, who's going to join us and talk about his yeah. decision to reduce interest rates. And, um, uh, so there's a lot of stuff, but I would say for this conversation today, it's just become more and more apparent. Like the world is shifting. I mean, we're seeing a lot of impact in our buy here, payer space, um, as capital providers, um, you know, of various types, bulk buyers, some lenders are withdrawing from the space. And we're just seeing a lot of movement there. And so some of, some of how that's factoring into what we do is we've got dealers that we work with that are, you know, needing updated cash flow and profit projections so that they can, one, find out how much it's going to cost or has, can their business model stand a certain increase in cost of money? You know, what adjustments would they have to make there? How much capital do they really need to, to, and one of the things is, you know, if I'm going to enjoy an increase in volume based on the, the opportunity, because there seems to be new, we anticipate additional demand for buy here, pay here financing. So dealers who can access capital are going to be the ones who, you know, are in the best position to, to provide those solutions and earn most of that business. So it just all kind of comes together. And I see dealers struggling, Michelle, to, to put this together. And it yeah. is challenging. Like it's, you know, when we get inside these spreadsheets and you can see how comprehensive they are, you realize why it's uh, it's tricky for people to be able to put these things together on their own. And uh, so, yeah, we've got, I'm going to take you inside the tools. We we did a, a session on cash flow modeling many months ago, and it was, it was a little more superficial. Today, I want to take folks inside the kind of the structural way that we built what we built. And, um, and I'm just going to put it out there. You know, we don't, we don't do any pitching on this broadcast, but I'm just saying, I, I've made the decision to do 
about 12 hours per week of coaching. And so what we're going to show you here, if dealers need help with this sort of thing, I'm, I'm going to, uh, you know, allow folks to just do an hour at a time. We can just, you know, whatever we need to do, we can hop online and do virtual sessions because, you know, this came about after working with a dealer um, this week, in fact, who's looking to go back to a lender and ask for, you know, additional funding and they need materials to be able to take to, um, you know, this would be lender. And it just, as you go through that, you realize, wow, it's really, it's really challenging for dealers to get there. And, you know, we're working through it all piece by piece. And so I kind of wanted to lay it out today in, in a certain order about how I would recommend that dealers go about constructing their cash flow modeling. Okay. So, um, I'm not sure if Michelle's still with us. You there? You you look like your your video's frozen on this end, but I am. If you can hear me, yeah, your audio is good, but the video is frozen on my screen. But let me go ahead and move into some of the material. We've got a couple things. That, let's talk about the order that we would build this, and 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 you know, there's some dealers out there with some complexities, reinsurance and debt, and we'll talk about those toward the end. But um, first of all, we just want to talk about how do we project cash flow. Um, in order to be able to, you know, whatever our, our interests may be, um, there's some things to consider. And I, and I look forward to showing dealers. We've been also working through in recent um, weeks with a dealer who's, you know, contemplating reinsurance and trying to, you know, forecast long term and how much capital I need to, to get it off the ground and so on. And so all these things factor in. We look at, you know, helping dealers figure out what's what's their next step. But let's talk first about this thing with. Um, well, you know, the first thing I would recommend building is going to be this um, new portfolio build out. So let me let me share my screen. Are you being able to do that from your side, Michelle? I may have lost her altogether, but the uh, let's get the uh, let's get the cash flow screens loaded and and uh, we'll add that to the screen here. All right, let's look at this one. So I'm, let me get that expanded as well as I can for visibility. Now, again, some of you have seen this before, and I realize if you're, if you're tuning in to this after the fact on uh, audio on one of the podcast platforms, you're probably going to want to find this, this particular session on video. YouTube uh, is a good place to find it. Uh, because it really I need to take you inside some of the structure of what you're looking at here. And I've just kind of pulled together some, some numbers to be representative and this particular one we're looking at is for a dealer who's established so this model that i built this i i built this particular cash flow modeling tool back in 2005 when i was starting my own dealership and over time i've added different pieces to it but it really gets uh, super detailed and, and i always say that you know when we're forecasting capital in our business there's so many things we can't predict that it's important that we put forth a you know a reasonable amount of effort to predict the things that we can uh, so that, you know, that's why I think it's important to get, you know, as precise as we possibly can in this area. So I think this part that you see here is pretty self-explanatory. You know, I built it where I could modify the volume year over year so that you can see the impact of reinvesting positive cash and growing the business and, and look at that. But for today, as I always say, you know, when you put too many moving parts in, it's too hard to learn anything from what you're looking at. And I would say these numbers, again, are just representative of one dealer. You know, what your deal, what your numbers would look like could be very different. But this is 
essentially taking the loan structure, which is, you know, we've got unit cost here, we've got down payment, we've got selling price up here. Uh, these add-ons right here are down below. This will be your doc fee and TTNL sales tax, et cetera, are, are in there because those affect the loan and the financing, et cetera. And then, you know, we've got a tax rate in there because what, what I do is I, this is really built for uh, projecting cash flow first and foremost. And it's, um, it's going to be helpful to anticipate the income tax. We got to calculate profit to some degree because we need to know the income tax because that's, that's has a cash impact for us. So we just got to be able to look at those numbers and make sure we can anticipate, you know, that part. So we get pretty precise. Like I'm pretty familiar with RFC accounting, which by the way, today we won't get into leasing much. We don't have currently, um, models that are built to do the the real heavy lifting on projections will be there soon but in the near term you know we use this one for portfolio projections and which includes the rfc side so i'm pretty versed on the rfc accounting and so we've got that built in there and you can see down here that uh, this particular uh, information shows the portfolio size at the numbers that we have loaded which i'll get into the portfolio projection here in a moment but the um the other thing is just to know that, you know, we've got the discount loaded in here. So it's a 30% discount or 70% advance rate, if you will, um, on that. And then there's a lot of calculations here that drive the numbers at the bottom. Here's the TTNL part that I talked about. And so what you've got then is, you know, it drives all these numbers. Well, these numbers are low because it's got the, as far as the post-tax number you see up here in, in kind of a pink color, that's, that's a low number because it's got the existing cash flow of the existing portfolio uh, loaded in here. So we'll get to that in the, in the back end. But often if we were running these numbers at 20 sales a month and an $8,200 cost and some overhead, then, you know, that number for just that build out, if you were starting from scratch would be a much higher number, obviously. So, so that's kind of the, when we start building out the, the portfolio, this is what we want to do. So, so let me jump over to the new portfolio. The, the results from these numbers that we have loaded here drive the new portfolio. So that's why I'm saying the, the portfolio build out. And I recommend doing it this way. Even if you have an established operation and you have, um, you have a portfolio already, it's still helpful, I think, to build them as separate portfolios, as though you quit funding, let's call the new portfolio number one, and now you quit um, I'm sorry, th that's where the new contracts go. And then you would have an existing portfolio and sort of model it out, run it off and, and have it as a separate stream. So that's what you've got. One of the things I added recently that I think is going to be really helpful is, you know, this, this particular um, calculation tool is built to just do, you know, 20 a month. And that assumes it's going to, you're doing 20 a month every month for that first year. And obviously that's not the way it often works, but it's meant to do kind of high level, you know, broad, broad forecasting. But now what I've been able to do recently is come in here and add the ability to do some seasonal adjustments. So, you know, during a certain period, and I've got it loaded up where November is the first month. So you could do some seasonal adjustments and be able to, to have a more real picture about the timing of the cash flow. Not, you know, it's, it's one thing to have a, a, an idea of the, the full amount, but you know, there's as cash flows and portfolios uh, expand and cash flow changes. And so, these are all things that are very important. So any questions about that, Michelle, before I move into some of these other pieces? No. 
Okay. So the, um, the, the important numbers here, I call these conversion rates, and these would be similar numbers that one would use to create, um, you know, what the lenders call collateral recovery rate. So these are, these are just factors that drive the portfolio. So what we do, you know, when there's a, an established dealer, we take their actual historical results. Ideally, we'd have at least 12 months worth of history, and we would come in there and find these conversion mm -hmm. rates. So, so for example, what is what is the current rate that which we collect principal compared to the opening balance of the portfolio? So we have to have those numbers historically. And I've got a template. I'm happy to provide anybody that's tuned into this. You can shoot a message to us, Facebook. Um, you can get a message to me through LinkedIn. We're happy to provide the template that you can use to go calculate those numbers and we'll do the math for you and let you know what these conversion rates look like. And then you can use that to apply. I've just learned that this is the most reliable way to forecast a portfolio because you have to be able to know the portfolio size in the future, which is helpful for the balance sheet and other purposes, but it, that lets us know how much cash the portfolio should be throwing off when we apply these same rates. So instead of trying to use a, our average payment is $512, multiply time number of accounts, it's just not going to be very accurate. And so I hate to see people building you know, a, an important business plan off of something like that. So this is, again, the new portfolio based on the volume that we currently have loaded in there at 20 a month. And then you can see some of the other calculations. This is a, a simple roll forward down at the bottom that uses the numbers from above and does a, another projection. But it's not necessarily in play with what we're looking at here. And here's this, here's some of the related finance company figures that um, help us anticipate the the income that the RFC is is yielding. So typically, like for this most recent one we've been working on, I'm helping the dealer look at global cash flow. Like obviously, if they're going to a lender and they're going to, you know, ask for a half a million dollars or whatever, they need to make sure that it's enough to cover the global cash flow, the, the impact of both the RFC and the, the finance company, or I'm sorry, the RFC and the dealership. And there might be multiple dealerships in some cases. And so we need to be able to kind of look at our cash flow on a global basis. So that's kind of what's what's happening there. And then we get into the existing portfolio numbers. And so what you would do here is you would take the, the closing principle from the most recent month and build it in the same way. You can see I've got new originations line right there. I realize this one's kind of small. It's pretty difficult to read on there. Uh, it always takes me a minute to get it expanded, but I'll try. The... Um, but the originations line there is is zero. Okay, so basically what you're doing is you're you're trying to um, you're basically just looking to create again the existing portfolio as if you quit putting contracts in it. Okay, so um, that's the idea here. That should be better for you to view. So again, originations line is zero. This portfolio is running off, and so that's why it's called a roll forward or projection. We're just simply building out, and so. Again, we would need these numbers and we're using the same numbers on the existing portfolio because that's our history. And obviously, as you build these, you can update these factors here as your new results come in. But this is going to give you now when we put those numbers in interest collected, sold repos. This is the rate at which we're recovering repos again as a percentage of the opening balance. OK, whatever we start the month with. So now you get to start you know, projecting and running off that portfolio. So we can use that string of data, the actual cash collection results from that portfolio to, to drive that. And we can use this number up here, our, our receivables, our projected closing receivables, we'll, we'll 
project the, the balance sheet if we need to do that. I don't find us having to look at the balance sheet very often in what we're doing unless it's, you know, a line of credit and we're having to make sure that we stay within a certain advance rate. You know, if our covenants require us to stay at a max of 55% or whatever that number looks like, then obviously we need to know our receivables and, and certainly eligible receivables, which is what this is. Both of these portfolios are projecting eligible receivables because it's charging off the non-performing contracts. And that means that whatever, whatever balances that we're showing for principal would be active performing contracts. Let me say that again. You want to be able to pr project active performing and producing contracts. So that's what we do here. And we just charge off as we go the, the contracts that are not performing. So you can see over here when you start getting into the pretty detailed stuff that the, um, and I realize again, this one's pretty small and hard to, to read this way, but the, what we've got in the, the green section right there is all the information coming over from the current portfolio. Okay. So, so this is tricky. We got to be super careful in this. And, and for the modeling here, I would just say this, this is um, just a representation. Like we, you have to be careful in this thing to make sure like the current portfolio may or may not belong to the dealership. So I've got it in the dealership section here to, to represent in the cash, but it, it might belong to the finance company and need to belong over in those totals as, instead. Obviously, when we roll it all together globally, you know, it should all fit, but, the, but we just want to be super careful so that we've got all our income in the right place. And now you start to see an income tax reserve in the scenario that I've got loaded up here using a 35% income tax rate. It says, you know, based on the profit that we're generating currently globally, that we would need to reserve about 17 grand a month for our income tax. So obviously there are tax strategies, reinsurance can maybe be part of that, but, but we got to be able to anticipate that. And so what this does is anticipate, okay, based on our profit, we need to pull off a certain amount of cash and put that in reserve money market account or whatever to, to allow for that. So it's just, it's just cash. So, you know, I kind of, um, I'll take a break for just a moment and make sure people know that that's, you know, really, I've covered kind of two pieces of this. I had first the, uh, the, the new portfolio build out, and then we started moving into the current portfolio, which will take you back over there. That's going to be these numbers. Oh, shoot. I'm having a hard time getting to the tabs. One moment. There it comes. Okay, so again, the existing portfolio is this one. This is the current portfolio roll forward. So we touched on that one. And then we would also need to look at startup costs. Again, this will be different if you've got a dealer that is new. Um, this particular model, I've got a place to put that. And we put in opening volume. If a dealer were you know, having to go acquire inventory uh, to start a dealership, that'd be one thing. Or if they're looking to add 20 more units going into tax refund season or whatever that looks like, then you would need to build that into the cost. It's, it's, again, we're not trying to do accounting here, but we're trying to help anticipate what is the total capital required and, and when, when am I going to need it? And um, so we can plan out the timing on that. So again, you, a new dealer would have a lot of startup expenses, cost of getting license and a couple months of rent and whatever all those things look like to get the door open. So that's, that would go here. And then we go into operating expenses and, and this one for this particular model, I've got, we've got a pretty detailed um, method for forecasting operating expenses. 
and this is something I find myself working through these numbers with dealers and uh, I, those numbers are super hard to read, but just so, to help you see what, what we can put in information about personnel, we can calculate FICA according to <clears throat> the, the total payroll. We can start to break down expenses in pretty good detail. With this particular model, you'll see what I've done at the bottom. I've just got expenses for the, the finance company, expenses for the dealership, and we're just choosing to move those at the rate of inflation. So I've got a 5% inflation rate up there, which is, you know, that's, that's high. That's, but it's meant to just kind of make sure we anticipate, you know, increasing expenses. And obviously, ideally, you'd want to go and as this portfolio grows, your collection expense is going to grow and you're going to want to drive those types of expenses in that way. But just, you know, obviously expenses are expenses. That's a little easier for people to, you know, to sit down and figure out and lay it out in spreadsheet form. But you really kind of want to make sure and tie those things to growth of the portfolio. Obviously, increased sales volume means additional support and, and personal pay, maybe on the sales side. But certainly as the portfolio grows, that's going to be in additional expenses. But then number five for me is going to be the profit and the resulting tax, which you know, again, we, I can take you inside what we do on that part, but it's like, um, it's really just meant to, you know, give a, a pretty good estimate based on, you know, it's pretty straightforward. You've got sales, you got operating expenses. Um, and so this is showing cash, but then we do calculations elsewhere for the profit. But it's just real important, I think, to lay it out in this way. You got to get those operating expenses figured out in there. And, and I would typically, you'd have operating expenses excluding um, write-off losses because those those charge-off losses are represented elsewhere in the modeling and they're addressed in the in the, the profit calculations uh, in this case so you know even though they appear as a line item on your on your certainly on your RFC um, income statement we don't treat those as operating expenses you know it's more like finance related expenses and again they're represented elsewhere in the modeling so we've got a few more things to show here michelle any questions there before i jump over Are you still with me if you're there you're muted we may have lost her altogether. Right, so. i can hear you I can hear you. okay good so any questions no okay so again, I know these things are difficult to read, make sense of on the screen. It's kind of small, but um, what we start to see this this particular screen that I've got is um, is going to be more cash flow still. But when we get into, and I don't need to go into every single item today, was more about you know offering ways to model it out, like how to construct it. So so this sheet has got the dealership income statement. It's got the RFC income statement separate, and I've got you know separate groupings for the existing portfolio and the the new portfolio, so that those things are represented there. And then, of course, operating expenses, and 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 now you start to allow for things like um, the debt, right? If you have some debt, I've got a section down here, or at least a line item you can see for interest paid to investors. So this is where it also gets tricky because the method of repayment to investors or lenders varies. Some of them do sweep 100% of the payments and others do it differently. So we, we typically just kind of have to custom build that part for however that's gonna work. And then we bring the cost of that back over into the, the appropriate income statements. But you know, that's kind of what has to happen in order for us to be able to um, you know, do that part. And then I'm gonna switch spreadsheets here for just a minute before we wrap up. Um, 
I, I don't think we ever shared this, Michelle. I, I built this um, in recent weeks and I, I have had a number of people look at it and I think it's the most, well, I know that I've seen, it's the most comprehensive way to forecast capital requirements with reinsurance that I've seen. We built it for a particular client. We're, we're, you know, thrilled to have it, to be able to help any dealer choose. So what it does is I'm just show quickly how kind of what we've done. There's a CPI. Here's a, this case, a, a warranty, which we've modeled out 90 day warranty in this dealer's case. We've got a 24 month service contract modeled separately, uh, gap analysis, and those numbers can be changed, whether it's a 90 day warranty or 12 month, you know, service contract, whatever we're doing, that that number can change and we can adjust accordingly. Here's gap as a product down here. And then it looks at the dealer's cash flow uh, related to all that. And then it looks at the, the, I call it the RICO, the reinsurance company and the cash flow on that net of claims and fees. So it's, it's basically just building out bank accounts and it's saying, if we have this kind of attrition, just pick the first one, CPI, if we have a certain amount of penetration on CPI, a certain percentage of the customers buy it, and it's priced here, and it costs us here, and we remit fees accordingly, then it tracks the bank account side, you know, for both the dealership and uh, and the reinsurance company. So this this is going to be really helpful. And I just got to say, I mean, we can we can stop sharing that, and I'll I'll just say that we. You know, we just know that right now what's happening in this industry, it's going to be so important for dealers to be able to access cash. And I think um, we we know that this kind of thing can be super helpful. So it just it's I just, you know, we, we're used to doing it. We're happy to help if dealers need help with that. I just think it's it's in the meantime, for those who want to build it themselves, my, my objective here today was to try to share a structure that I have found is is very reliable. And so we would recommend kind of, you know, building it, you know, if you think about it, building blocks, you know, build those different pieces in the way that I've suggested. And then, you know, you can tie it all back together. But I think there's, you know, there's obviously some pieces that require experience with the, you know, with the industry and kind of how to produce some of these calculations. But we just, you know, I just wanted to be able to share with people kind of how you can do it and how to, uh, you know, model it out yourself. And so these are things that, and people will ask, um, you know, do we send these spreadsheets currently because of the proprietary nature of it? I don't send the actual spreadsheets, even with the clients that we're working on, but I am, I am moving toward a place where we can share these things, at least on a view basis. <clears throat> or even like, uh, eventually maybe in just, a, a web tool that, that we can use and, and take people through. So it'll, yeah, yeah be a little bit more, um, a little bit more uh, zeroing in on certain things, and right. and probably easier to kind of follow along with. Yeah, I do know. I just I you know plug for Jim. He puts hours and hours and hours into building these things, and um, just so helpful. And and uh, uh, and I I really appreciate his, um, the willingness to to share as much as we possibly can to help dealers to be able to do it themselves and, yeah. you know, figure out how to, how to project those kind of things. Yeah. Here's the reality. We we're, we're happy to help. And I'm, again, I'm budgeting about 12 hours a week for coaching right now. And so, you know, we're happy to give that time and help us. Yeah. The reality is we can't, we can't help all the folks who need help. So we're just yeah. happy to share at least a structure that, you know, you yeah. can take this information to a CPA or, or wherever yeah. and, 
look to build it yourself. And, and especially now to be able to have um, the kind of uh, numbers and structure, like you said, of, of what it is that you're looking for, what it is that you are projecting, you know, and especially if you're an existing dealer, then you can show what your past looks like as well. Yeah. And, and so that they have a little bit better, um, a better understanding and feel a little bit more secure in yeah. making a decision to help you with capital. Absolutely. And I can just say that one of the dealers that we're currently working with, they're going to have in a matter of an, another session or two, they're going to have a very comprehensive, um, you know, at least the financial component of this business plan, they're going to have something very comprehensive that they can take to lender to be able to show that, you yeah. know, certainly um, it's far more sophisticated than what they might expect or what dealers, you know, or what lenders might typically expect from you know, a small independent dealer. So it's just, we think it's important. I mean, having, having a good plan to take to the bank is helpful, whether it's a financial, what's a private investor or a bank or whoever you might be working with. That's, uh, that's good information to have. But I think this is as much as anything this is for dealers to know how much yeah. cash is going to be required yeah. and you can expect it to get cash positive and all these kind of things are, yeah. you know, especially critical. So I didn't, for today, I didn't go too deep into the, the actual, um, you know, the math and because we've got a lot of pieces in this one, yeah. story, but uh, I did want to make sure that people know, you know, I think that's one of the first order of business, especially if you're a new dealer, how much cash is going to take for me to get open and off the ground? And yeah. how much am I going to have in what I call uncovered expenses, you know, until my cash flow, you know, yeah. I generate enough cash flow to cover those things. And so it's just real important to be able to, you know, model those out. And again, for today, I just yeah. want to go a little deeper into some of the, the numbers and kind of help folks have a structure to work from. So. And uh, uh, George chimed in and said, uh, dealers who are currently not reinsured could use a spreadsheet to build a performa and wanted to know if we were on success today. And um, I, I've been in the back end of Facebook to see why it, it, it uh, the, I think the system somehow deleted the broadcast from success. And so I'm going to look into that. The last two broadcasts were not um, were not shown in success. So I'll, I will be looking at that to see what, what the reason is well and somebody if, if anybody's listening by way of success this morning i show that it is currently streaming to uh success i i was only aware that we missed one but we can we can share those in success from from youtube uh whatever's okay. been missed recently so yeah it's just some sort of a, a stream yard you know i know that the, the last one that what didn't go through we went ahead and put the recordings in um success after the fact when okay. we were done with the so that people could could access it so yeah um yeah, yeah just I, mention, I'll be into it. Yeah, so just to mention too, for those of you who missed the the summit uh, sessions last um, Friday, um, you you we would recommend you make time to find some of those some really seasoned dealers, and not everything we talked about was necessarily uh, leasing specific, and uh, so yeah, some really valuable information shared there, and and I had other dealers tell me, you know, who are not leasing, tell me that it was really great information. So yeah. I recommend, and it's a playlist. You can find it. Just look up LHPH summit playlist on, um, you know, on YouTube and you can find those sessions from last Friday, totally free. Uh, uh, wonderful. Yeah. All right. Um, are we, are we, uh, you're thinking that we're. Yeah. It's time to close up and go well, to work. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back on Monday and next week. Again, we've got uh, Russell Moore joining us on Wednesday too to talk about some important stuff uh, about our 
um, how we relate to our um, our customers in the world of lending. Absolutely. Look forward right. to Russell join us. We'll see you guys on Monday. All right. Have a great day. Thanks.